All right, we got a lot to um, cover today and not enough time, but um, that's always the case. So I, just some precursor thoughts here. Um, I really wanted a softball this week that I could just crank over the fence. And I read through every one of the requests multiple times because I was like, Jesus, come on, give me something good. And I just couldn't not. I couldn't not speak on this one. My soul was provoked. And so um, really this subject could be a whole course, but I'm going to do my best to introduce you to a thought that really is becoming very pervasive in our time and you really need to know about it. And so we're going to be talking about progressive Christianity tonight. And um, I am going to speak about this, of course, as a, as a theologian, but really, like, I just want you to, nothing, I'm not going to be able to present this perfectly. This is the type of message that somebody could get, pull it off of YouTube and just soundbite that thing and just persecute me. But um, the way that I'm thinking about this is like, I, I just, like, if somebody said something about your spouse and it was like, it was like pretty close, but it like really painted them in a way that's actually, if you think about it, completely different from what they actually are, you, like something would be stirring up in you. And so I'm really not approaching this like, oh, theologically, I know everything. And like, no, it's more like there are people that are saying some very twisted things about my Jesus, your Jesus, and it's very dangerous because false Christianity is worse than atheism. It's like a cancer cell in your body pretending to be a real cell, but it's destroying you from the inside. And so as much as I would have liked a lob that I could just crank over and leave you, you're walking out of here happy and, you know, fed, I, 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 I felt it necessary to speak about this. And so that's actually the title uh, of this message tonight. Oh, my title. Yes. I found it necessary to speak about this. This is a brief response to pro- progressive Christianity. Let's read this passage here in Jude. I, I really felt like, My heart is like right with what Jude was saying. Jude says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, like I I would have loved to just preach to you about our common salvation. Jude would have just loved to write about our common salvation. That's what he wanted to write about. But he said, I found it necessary to write to you, appealing to you to contend for the faith. We have to contend for biblical faith. You know, the devil's job, and it has been his job from the beginning, is to lie. And if we don't contend for the truth, then lies are going to be believed. And so I felt it necessary tonight to uh, speak to you, appealing to you to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, and deny the master of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, this passage, isn't that amazing how long ago that was written and it's going on right now. There are people that are preaching a gospel that is all about their own opinion, their own sensual and fleshly desires, and it is not the truth. It looks like the truth, but it's not the truth. It's kind of like my shoes. Like, I don't know if you could zoom on the, can you see, the, what is the, 
Ever, people always comment on these shoes when I wear these. They're like, oh, your shoes are like making me dizzy. And I'm like, I know, that's why I got them. <laughs> it's like, these are checkers right here, and that's pretty clearly checker. But like, it sort of becomes blurry. And it's like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if I'm going to answer this question, what is progressive Christianity? You can go to the, go to that slide. Um, the next one. <laughs> it's kind of like my shoe. Like it's it's a little difficult to define. It's almost like it kind of looks like a checker, but it's a little blurry. It's like it. I I don't know exactly what that is, but it just doesn't feel right. Like it sounds a lot like, it sounds like what a loving God would, but I just, something is off. Does that make sense? So like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wish that I could just um, tell you like exactly like this is what it is, but it's because the devil doesn't work like that. He doesn't want to have just a perfect little box that you'd be like, that's not, it's blurry. And so I'm going to do my best to like, explain to you, you know, like that joke, like you might be a redneck if, and he's just like trying to like get you to think like, it's not like anybody's like, I'm a redneck. So I fit into all these boxes. It's more like he's saying, Hey, if you do this, yeah, you might be a redneck. And so here's like some things that like, if you're seeing this, if you're thinking this, if you're feeling this, if you're hearing this, it might be progressive Christianity. Does that make sense? So, um, I'm just going to give you like five quick points and I'm going to do my best here. But uh, I took a lot of this from this um, author named Elisa Childers and she writes, uh, she, she's really studied this out. And so a lot of this content is from her. And so it might be progressive Christianity if you begin to have a lowered view of the Bible. A lowered view of the Bible. Check this out. Um, this is actually on progressivechristianity.org. This is on the website. Now, again, it's not like everybody that falls into this camp believes what is on that website, but it gives you a good idea of this. They say this, progressive Christians are Christians who believe that following the path and teachings of Jesus can lead to an awareness and experience of the sacred and the oneness and unity of all of life. Like, the scriptures can lead to that. But what do we believe? We believe that all of God's word is breathed out by him and is useful for teaching, training, correcting, rebuking, and righteousness. Like, we believe that this is, this is God's word, and it will lead to us knowing his heart. Matter of fact, we believe that other things are not God's word. My feelings are not God's word. The Quran is not God's word. Like this is God's word. And this is what will lead you to knowing the truth. And so here's just a few things that like you may begin, you may hear when somebody's starting to feel this way. Uh, I think that the Bible is a human book. I disagree with the apostle Paul on that issue. Have you ever heard? I don't know if I agree with that passage. Okay, well, that's, that's God's word. Like, it, it disagrees with you. Yeah. 
right? You might hear this, the Bible condones immorality, so we are obligated to reject what it says in certain places. No, no, this is, this is God's word and it's God's history. This is true. You may hear things like this, the Bible contains the word of God. There are aspects of the scripture that can help us. But what do we believe? We believe that this is God's word. This is God's heart. This reveals his nature. This reveals his character. That we could trust God's word. Number two. You might be falling into progressive Christianity if feelings are emphasized over facts. This is also from the website. Progressive Christians are Christians who affirm that the teachings of Jesus provide but one of many ways to experience the sacredness and oneness of life. I don't know what this term is right here, but obviously that's like one that they, they that's their thing, sacredness and oneness. But I mean, look at this, one of many ways. And we can draw from diverse sources of wisdom on our spiritual journey. Now, what I'm not saying is that any, any content of anybody um, that's not a Christian is evil, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that any content from anybody that's not a Christian couldn't contain, and, and, and albeit does contain, oftentimes, great content. My point is that if there's any content found anywhere that is good, it's from the God of the Bible. I, I don't categorically reject, okay, if you don't know Jesus, everything you say is evil. That's just not true. There are good people and good things and, and good things that are said out there but we're not drawing ultimate truth from any other source. If we're going to be biblical Jesus followers, we believe that this is God's word. And so here's some things that you might begin to hear or maybe you've said or maybe you've thought if you're falling into this like feelings over facts. That Bible verse doesn't resonate with me. I thought that, insert biblically defined sin here, I thought that was a sin until I experienced, insert life experience. I used to think that that was wrong, but then I, but then I met somebody and I have a friend who really... If... If your opinion is changing of what is clearly defined in Scripture based on your experience, then it's our experience that needs to change because the Scripture doesn't change. You might begin to hear things or even say this yourself. I just feel like a loving God wouldn't send people to hell. I just feel like God wouldn't be like that. I, I just feel, I just feel that it's, you ever heard that? Like, I just feel like, this generation, we love that term. Like, I mean, I know what it says, but I, I just don't feel like he would. By the way, God doesn't send anybody to hell. He, with a tear in his eye, he allows them to go where he is not, if that's what people want. We, we do understand that, right? Like, heaven is his presence, fully and completely, and hell is the absence of his presence. Whether it includes fire and whatever else, and 
worms and all that, like, the, you know, most of, the time, most of the descriptions of Jesus in the New Testament when he's talking about hell, really the Greek word is Gehenna. Gehenna is a real place, by the way. Gehenna, when, when you see the word hell, most of the times in the New Testament, at least in the Gospels, he's using the word Gehenna, and Gehenna was the trash pit outside of town. It was where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. It was where they burned fire. It was a physical place. It would be like me telling you an analogy and saying, it's like the transfer station. It's garbage. Like Jesus was doing that. Here's my point. That whatever hell is, it's actually worse than the analogy. It's worse than fire. Like I... (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying to say this in the kindest way I can. Like, there is nothing worse than being excluded from God's presence forever. And hell is real. And God doesn't want anybody to go there. God is not like some angry, like, go to hell, go to your room. Like, (laughs) he is begging us. He is begging us to come to him and to receive him for who he is, to, to die to self and live for him, that we might be with him in this life and for eternity. I got to move on. Number three, essential Christian doctrines are open for reinterpretation. Next one. Progressive author John Pavlovitz writes, There are no sacred cows in progressive Christianity. Tradition, dogma, doctrine are all fair game because all pass through the hands of humanity. It's again, it's this view. It starts with this view of the scripture. It starts with this view of saying, well, okay, they're like, it's just so messy because they say, yeah, like it's it's from God, but but it passed through the minds of patriarchal men, and so we can't really trust it, but it's from God. But it... And so really, everything is up to debate. Any doctrine is up to be reinvented based on what we feel in this culture. Here are a few things you might begin to hear if you're falling into this camp. The resurrection of Jesus doesn't have to be factual to speak truth. Actually, it does. Like Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you and I are to be pitied more than anybody. The resurrection, by the way, is the seal proving who he is and what he did and its efficacy upon our life. Like everything hinges on the resurrection. It absolutely had to happen and it did happen. It is not up for reinterpretation. You might begin to hear this. The church's historic position on sexuality and sexual or gender identity is archaic and needs to be updated within a modern framework. Now, I just want to say this, like, I, I'm telling you this with all the love that's in me. If you are struggling with your identity as a man or a woman, I am not here to condemn you. None of us in this room are here to throw stones at you. None of us are better than anybody. We get it. That's right. That's right. But, like, 
here's a progressive Christianity is promoting this message that because, because you, pastor, have sin and we have sin, we should all just shut up about sin. That couldn't be further from the truth. I, I am not better than anybody, but that doesn't mean we should be quiet about it. Like, you need to help me grow out of my sin. Go and sin no more. And I need to help you grow. Like, that's what the community of faith is for. And so, I, the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a sin. I'm not saying that because I'm a bigot or because I'm phobic of anything. By the way, here's another fun fact. We're just labeling everything as phobic these days. You're blah, blah, phobic, xenophobic, homophobic. No, I'm, phobic means fear. I, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid, right? I, I bet you're feeling this too. Like this cancel culture we live in, it's getting old, isn't it? Everything is phobic. And it's like, dude, no, I'm not afraid. I just disagree with it. Like, and, but I'm not disagreeing with you based on my feelings. I'm, this is the word of God. And so believe me, I have tried. We spent months saying, okay, okay, we will, we will read the books as an eldership. Is homosexuality, is it, can it be okay? We tried to get there. It just can't, it can't be gotten there. You can't get there. I, thank you. It, you just can't get there. I've heard the arguments and I, 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 re, I respect and understand the argument, but like of all the scripture, especially Romans 1 that doesn't use the words that is used in Romans that they're trying to argue, well, those were added in 1946, Malachoin or Seneca. Romans 1 is very clear and it doesn't use the word homosexual. It, it describes the act. And it's just clearly not from God. Now it goes on in Romans 2 to say, therefore you who judge, you have no excuse because you who judge others, you commit the same sin. Now I get it. I'm a sinner too. I, but it, it, there's, never, there's never any place in the scripture that says, okay, because we're all sinners, let's all just sin. In fact, he says that in Romans, like should we, go, should we sin so that grace may abound? By no means. For how can we who died to sin continue to sin? Like, no. Don't you know that all of us were baptized? We're baptized into Jesus' death? in order that we also might be raised with him. Like, I got to move on, but like these are some of the important issues. And uh, I spent a lot of time on TikTok. Like I preach the gospel on TikTok. And if some of the older folk, like if you're not on that app, you probably shouldn't be, but <laughs> there are some bad things. On the, like, but it's because there's 130 million Americans on that app and most of them are Gen Z, and most of them are hearing this type of stuff. And I could tell you, I just had a, a message sent to me today from a literal Satanist. I kid you, a Satanist, a self-described Satanist. He, his eyes were red. I think they were contacts, but I don't know. And he literally said this, I am a Satanist, and I want to thank all the progressive Christians out there because the world needs you to finally speak what you're speaking. And I'm like, and this is what this is what Gen Z is hearing. This is why you're so important. And this is why everybody needs to preach the gospel because there are pastors and I see them and they're, 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 preaching, they're preaching a Jesus, but they're, they're twisting everything. There are, there are female, transgender, homosexual pastors on TikTok preaching that abortion is good. Abortion is killing a human life. That cannot be good. I felt it necessary to tell you that. 
I love you, I love you. <laughs> and if you struggle with some of these things, like I, I really love you, and Jesus really loves you. If you've had an abortion, he loves you so much. If you struggle with homosexuality, he loves you so much. He does, he really does. Like the point is not to say you're evil. Like we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, every one of us. But we need to know the truth and bend our lives to his truth, not the other way around. I have to move on, next one. Historic terms are redefined. You might begin to hear this. God wouldn't punish sinners. He is love. Like this culture is saying, okay, let's define love as kindness and let's define kindness as just don't judge anybody else. Right? This is what the culture is saying. God is love and what we know is that love is kindness, i.e. all it does is make you feel good. And if that's what it is, then love, kindness is just saying everybody should be able to do whatever they want. But if, if you're walking towards a cliff, and I know you're walking towards a cliff, and you don't think you're walking towards a cliff, and I run up and I spear you, and I dislocate your shoulder, and you're like, you're so unloving, that's not like God. But like, I saved your life. That is loving. That's the most loving thing that I could do, is to tell you the truth. The truth of God is never unkind. Now, caveat, it can be said in an unkind way. Now, here's, here's the place where you and I are not off the hook. I'm speaking to the church now. We have not been entirely kind. Kindness is not the highest virtue. Love is. Truth is in love. But that doesn't mean that we can forsake kindness because we hold the truth. We have to attempt to be kind and gracious as we deliver truth. But the world is trying to convince us that real love doesn't feel unkind to anybody, and that's just not true. Sure, the Bible's authoritative, but we've misunderstood it for 2,000 years of church history. No? It's, it's not our job to talk to anybody about sin. It's our job to love them. Part of love is helping somebody if they are dying. If somebody is dying and you don't help them, that is not love. All right, number five. The heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to social justice. Here's a term that you're going to hear a lot. Here's a term, and I get this comment all the time on my, on my videos. Stop preaching a message that promotes baby killing. And it took me a minute to be like, what are you talking about? Like, we are literally trying to save babies' lives. That's who we are. And it's this cultural message, both in, in, in the world and within progressive Christianity, that is trying to remove the entire concept of the atonement from the scriptures. They think that God is a supernatural baby killer because Jesus is called the son of God. And this message is saying, how could the God of the Bible, how is it love? How has salvation come through killing your kid? And, and I'm like, you don't understand the scripture. Jesus is God. Okay, Jesus 
is one third of the Trinity. He is fully God. He, all things were created by him, through him, and for him, right? Jesus is everything. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the preeminent one. He is God in the flesh. He is, the term God's son does not mean that God birthed him as a baby. It would be like, he is God. It was his choice to come to this earth and to get on that cross for us. So think about it like this. Like if a car, okay, so let's just say that the world is walking past me in the middle of an intersection and the world turns around and says, F you, Christian. And I turn around as a car is about to hit them and I throw my body in front of them, push them out of the way and I die. That's what Jesus did. What they're, what they're making it sound like is that I walk past them, they flip me off, a car's about to hit them, and I take my baby and throw, them, throw my baby in front of the car. That's not what happened. It's, there is no greater love than somebody would choose to lay down their own life for somebody. That's what God did. He's not a supernatural baby killer. He's a super, he gave his own life for us. Jesus made that decision. This could be a whole course. I have to move on. <laughs> just, just, let's just read the passage. Let's go to the next. This is going to be a lot of scripture, but I, we just have to finish here. Listen to this. Don't tune out. This is God's word. Just, does this, does this resonate with you? Listen to this. This was written 2,000 years ago. Understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people who be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. This is what progressive Christianity is. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Now watch this. Named, people are named here. I, I don't go out of my way to talk about things that I'm against often. I think that my primary job is to preach about what I'm for, but it is biblically, uh, there's a biblical precedent to speak against things. In almost every letter in the New Testament, as much as there's encouragement, there's like a, hey, this is something faulty that you're believing. There's correction. So he's even remembering when this happened with Moses. These men also oppose the truth, men corrupted in their mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all as was uh, that of those two men. Now you, however, you followed my teaching. He's speaking to his, his uh, young pastor, disciple Timothy. He says, you followed my teaching, you followed my conduct, my aim of life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them, uh, from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The message that's being preached right now is getting amazing response from the world. I see these videos and there's so many people, I see these comments, thousands of them. Wow, 
if I had a pastor like you, I would have never left the church. They say this to these progressive Christians, and their message is exactly what the world is preaching. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned have, and have firmly believed. This is the encouragement to the church. Continue what you have learned. Continue in it. Don't be swayed by the strategies of the world. Don't be deceived. Knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed, breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness that the man of God might be complete and equipped for every good work. Stay with me. A few more verses. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, whom is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in the kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. It's the last one. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist to fulfill your ministry. I can't like in 35 minutes exactly, perfectly describe for you what it is, but I wanna open up your heart to where when you see that blurriness, you could be like, That's, there's something wrong here. I think if I could like summarize it, number one, quite simply, if it is clearly not found in the scripture, it's probably off. If it feels like you're trying to twist and make the scripture like kind of like if you maneuver it, like it can kind of say what you want it to say, it's probably off. I think like ultimately, the idea is this. If the gospel message that you're listening to is basically emphasizing what the world is preaching and what your flesh wants, it's probably off. Like the Bible is supposed, supposed to challenge our flesh. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable when God challenges you because you have to change. And if you really listen, progressive Christianity is preaching a message that doesn't require you to change anything at all. It just requires you to paint Jesus into whatever box you want. And it will lead to death. Because it's masquerading as truth, but it's actually a Trojan horse, it's a lie, it's cancer. And so thank you for those of you that asked about it. Um, if you kind of like came in tonight and you have no idea even what that term meant or anything about this, 
That's okay. It's, again, it's not really clearly defined, but it is, it is very much out there. And so be looking for it. Be teaching your kids and be sharing with your loved ones, your friends and your coworkers the truth in kindness, in grace. But the truth of God is found in the scripture is the truth of God. And it's not meant to be redefined and rewritten in this generation just however we want to write it. Are, are we okay? Okay.